Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my good friend, Jessica Miller, with us in studio again today. Woo-hoo. Jess, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. So, obviously, you're not going to introduce yourself to the guests because you've been on the pod before, but what's going on with your life? Where, uh, where are you heading on Monday? So, I am moving to San Francisco on Monday. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Taking the leap across country. Who's the guy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's uh, what's going on? What's pro, you know? Uh, so, I spent a lot of time out there this past summer, and there's just something magical about the West Coast. And when I came home, I had like post-vacation blues and figured, why not see what's out there? as far as, you know, teaching and careers go. And mm-hmm. so I applied to a job and it was sort of like a beautiful unfolding on how the interview process went. And within 48 hours, I was offered a job. And uh, was, within, was there any chance that you weren't going to take the job? No. None? Everything about it felt right. Mm-hmm. And so I think in general, those make decisions a lot easier, right? Like we should go with a natural flow of life. And it felt like this was very natural and sort of where I was supposed to go next. Interesting. That's the yogi in you being very mindful and powerful to exacerbate a 3000 plus mile move across country. Um, but that's awesome. Um, I, in my mid twenties thought about moving to California. I got a job with a professional sports team in Los Angeles Cool. And I said no. Uh, friends, family, New York City, snow, yeah. all things that couldn't, you know, pull me Give from yeah. from the East Coast. Um, but I give you a lot of credit. That's uh, a gigantic move, but very, very cool. Thank Obviously, you. I know you're going to kill it out there. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like I was just talking to a friend the other day where I've been in this place of transition for the last couple of years and doing a lot of work on the inside. And so it feels like I'm finally ready to take that work outside um yeah so we'll we'll see what happens um but you know jersey will always be my home (laughs) well yeah i mean family so um we had originally planned on this episode being kind of like the uh dating relationship sex conversation and i think it's uh kind of a perfect time for it because you've you're making this gigantic life change Mm -hmm. and there's so many open possibilities with your dating life your career everything that's going on um first of all dating wise how's the last year kind of been traveling all over the world and not world but country country and uh and such. Yeah. So I love to date when I'm on the road. I know. We on, talked about that. On, on the road. I was gone for <laughs> three Kerouac. weeks on the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like anything, every part of the country just offers something different. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always really intrigued by, um, yes, yeah, swiping when you're traveling because you just meet interesting people. And whether it leads to anything or not, it's never really like the purpose of me dating domestically (laughs) um but it's a lot of fun and um it's nice to just talk to people that have a different upbringing that do different things for a living i mean you know no knock to the east coast but you meet a lot of guys in finance you meet a lot of people that were born and raised in north jersey or which is great yeah guys are all great which is awesome but um you know i've had my fill of those conversations in the last you know three or four years that i've been single so it was it what was is nice what is the app of choice while on the road swiping bumble, bumble. Yes. What, ladies first obviously yes. okay and i feel like my line is it's like such a layup 
for anyone. It's like, hey, in town for the weekend. <laughs> like any <laughs> any like cool <laughs> any cool places to go. Like it's just like what guy would Light be like, up. oh, I don't even have to talk to her after she leaves town. Like this is <laughs> this is perfect. That so. is perfect. Um, so you're swiping Bumble. You're in Colorado. You're in California. You're in all over the place. Mm-hmm. How, did you have any good dates? I did. Uh, I had a few dates. Um, some were better than others, but uh, yeah. Do you ever have like the emergency phone call, like hour in text message, like, oh shit, this is my dad. I got to get this kind of thing. I have never done that before. And actually I had a conversation on a date about if I had ever left a date, like mid date Mm -hmm. before. And I've like, thankfully never been in that situation where I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I feel like for the most part I can talk to anybody. And so even if like, there's no physical attraction, like I can sit there and entertain a conversation for a couple hours. Wow. God Um, bless you. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I feel like you just ask questions and people will just keep talking. I've had two, what I would, you know, consider classically terrible dates. One was many years ago. Um, we'd spent a lot of time texting, getting to know each other. She was awesome. And the quick kind of, you know, rapid response text message person, which is I'm a fan of not like wait five hours to respond kind of mm-hmm. thing. And we just had a lot to talk about. And based on, we matched on like Sunday. So we talked all week before we got drinks uh, out in Montclair on a Friday, I think. And when we got there, she just like had nothing to say. Mm. It was like pulling teeth for the conversation. It was the only time in my life where I was ever like, okay, time to go. Okay. Did you cut it short? I didn't. Um, And then to the absolute shock of a lifetime after our date, she was texting me and she was like, I had so much fun. Like, I can't wait to see you again. And I was like, wow. Like a completely different person. Completely different experience. Yes. (laughs) Like we're... I talked 95% of the time. Yeah. And if that's going on on a date, I don't think it's going well because who the fuck wants to listen to me talk for 95% of the time except for the people who are listening to this podcast. It's true. But, so I thought it was terrible. I was like, listen, you're great. Had a great time. I just think we should be friends and no big deal. This past weekend, I got drinks with a person and uh, she had warned me pre-date that she's shy. And I didn't. you can't really get that kind of indication via text. Um, or even through the apps. And again, I spoke for like 95% of the time. And I don't know if she was just super nice. And, um, you know, after the date, she was like, oh, we'd love to see you again. And then like I texted her and thanked her for a time and was like, you know, let me know that you got home okay. And she didn't respond. And like, that was the end of that. And I'm totally okay with it. She never responded. She didn't respond. No. So. Which is fine. I'm very happy about it. It saved me the awkward conversation of like, I had a great time, but let's just be friends. Because I, I go into this thing, I'm very honest. No new friends. I don't need friends. Yeah. I'm not on the dating apps for friends. If it doesn't work out, we've met one time. We're strangers. Yeah. Take care. Have Best a nice life. Do you feel like when you're on dates and you're talking 95, like, are you looking for someone that's going to talk more than you do? So you get to be quiet for a change? I think both. It's got to be give and take. Like there has to be repertoire and, you know, flow. There has to be chemistry and conversation. I mean, if you're looking to build a relationship with someone, there has to be partnership in the communication. There has to be a give and a take. It can't be me droning on and on and on and asking you question after question after question just to get words to come out of your mouth exhausting yeah it was a lot and i was thankful that the place that we went to doesn't seat people for like quote-unquote dinner between 2 30 and 5 we Ah, we went at 3 in the afternoon 
we got two drinks. I was like, oh, you know, I got to go to my parents for dinner tonight, so I can't drink anymore. So called it a day. Um, but yeah, my uh, my feeling is very, you know, it's chemistry and conversation. Like there's sexual chemistry. I and love there's, that chemistry and conversation. Yeah. That should be another podcast title. I'll, I'll write it down. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I feel because if you don't have chemistry and conversation, there's not going to be chemistry elsewhere. Yeah. I would think at least in my experience, 95% of the time when I have good repertoire and good bullshitting with someone, we have good kisses, we could make out good, leads to good sex, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, if I'm talking 95% of the time, I'm not having fun. I don't go on dates to learn more about myself or tell my story. And like you said, I feel like, and I know it's different when guys have sex and when girls have sex, where I feel like I have better sex when there is some sort of emotional connection, even if it's a first date and like I just laughed the whole time, that sex is better than like staring at a really pretty face or like, you know, (laughs) a six pack. And like, it just, it doesn't translate the same. And I feel like maybe guys feel the same way, but like I do now. Yeah. I didn't in my twenties. I mean, like when I was, 25 i was like oh my god she's yeah, gorgeous she's a dime this is fine yeah. yes oh that's yeah ah, look nice. at us <laughs> she's a dime this is fine yeah uh for sure there wasn't much that needed to like get my brain into it but now it's like you sleep with more than two people in your life and you don't need to like have sex anymore like it's much more important to have like an informed connection with a person and chemistry that builds upon having good sex yes um so i completely agree with you i've i've greatly grown beyond just a pretty face yeah which is hard to believe because i'm so handsome so so vain (laughs) but yeah um it doesn't matter whether it's you know 10th date first date there has to be chemistry and there has to be a connection for it to be enjoyable i mean all sex is usually fun and enjoyable but good sex comes from a connection beyond yeah physical attraction and i think as we get older we're able to decipher like what a true connection is versus like i'm just like thinking back on when i first started to date and what i thought was like a true genuine connection and sort of where i am now in my process of dating and it's very different so yeah i feel like sex just gets better as we get older uh, no yeah i mean th- this is a terrible thing to say. The one constant to all the good sex in my life has been me. Um, so <laughs> the common denominator of good times is me. Like my effort, <laughs> my energy, that is cocky as fuck. But I'm genuine when I say that, like, for instance, I, when I, I slept with someone a few months back and like my ultimate goal is pleasing my partner like i want them to have a good time so that i can have a good time it's not like a race to see who can get across the finish line first yeah it's very much let's get you taken care of and then whatever happens after is like cherry on top of the cake yeah so like for me that's more important than you know whatever else might factor into it but yeah um yeah interesting i think that's a very selfless attitude like there are some guys out there that have that mindset and that comes across very quickly and it's appreciated and then there are also those guys that don't have that mindset and it becomes very clear yeah when they're focused on themselves which also translate you know out of bed yeah for sure i think again that goes back to your initial question of conversation do i want to be talking all the time no like i want to get to know the person better so i get to understand her as a human being and then 
sexually it's like getting to understand her in a sexual way like understanding what she likes and dislikes and you know i know not every woman has like the instant ability to have an orgasm it's a lot harder for y'all than it is for me Mm -hmm. i mean give me 10 minutes and anything and it's fine right (laughs) it's not the same yeah but like for as a guy like there's more pleasure involved in getting someone else to the finish line than there is for me like for me it's going to happen irregardless of what's transpiring and there's no ever an an instance where it's like i'm not going to get there right so it's like making sure that the other person gets there is what's more important and that all feeds into chemistry and connection which i don't think i could pick someone up from a bar and be like genuinely like into whether they yeah are like getting down to o-town yeah um do you have that problem like have you ever had like a a one night stand and or like a first encounter with a person and had an orgasm the first time no yeah Uh, mm, no yeah that's not that that doesn't surprise me i feel like the the one night stands quote unquote that i've had yeah they there's not enough time to build a connection and or it was just like rushed and too many drinks and you know it's never like I've never had a situation where it's been a one night stand and there's been like a great connection and a you three know, hour it, yeah, yeah like you know we talked for hours and hours like I feel like one night stands usually serve their purpose for for one one side so what do you get out of that nothing I think it's nice to like the the shape you know like you to you feel desired down, yeah and it's like you meet someone for the first time and there's enough physical attraction that you're like all right, let's just like leave this place and go. Um, but then I feel like the second you hit the bed, it's like, oh, actually, <laughs> like I think this was better before we got into this situation. Because you just, I don't know, it, it feels different. I think I've gotten to the point in my life where like I'm, I'm very upfront. The first time I have sex with a person, it's not going to be good. It's like for guys, and maybe this is just me, the first time I have sex with a person, it's like I'm a virgin, virgin all over. It's like Interesting. five to 10 minutes, a lot of passion, and then I'm like, all right, give me 10 minutes and we'll do that again better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like one. Of it, now, granted, if I'm shit faced, that's not the case. Sure. I'm, I'm talking like a sober hookup. Like, I actually would agree with you only in the sense that I think it just builds. Yeah. Like I've had really good sex for the first time with someone. You have. Yes. Uh, and then every time after that gets better and better. Yeah. So that I agree with. I yeah, I would say I can still have sex with someone for the first time and be like, woo. It was a good time. I don't know that. I, so like when you say first time, you mean the initial bang or the initial evening? Because I'm usually going for two or three times in one night. So. The initial bang. Okay. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think I can relate to that. I don't think I've ever had. I mean, I've had experiences over a course of a night where the first time that I hooked up with someone was like legendary. I can't necessarily, I can't point to a particular time or the first time that i slept with someone it was like otherworldly yeah so i I, that's interesting yeah do you find there's like an awkwardness the first time you like are getting into bed with someone like there's like is there's nerves involved the booze usually helps like i feel like for the most part yes i mean we've done this enough that like we know we know how it goes but i mean you have to be extremely vulnerable to like especially if you're sober if the lights are on i mean i feel like it's changed a lot like someone recently asked me to turn the lights on and i was like i don't want to fucking see myself naked in front of you what do you mean see that's interesting yeah like i've gotten over that hurdle of like 
only in the dark. First time. Yeah. First time. No, I mean, first time, like, there have been, like, in the middle of the day, sober, lights on. And I feel like you're, ex- you know, you're very exposed. Yes. And so, uh, what was the question? <laughs> Nerves. <laughs> Nervousness the first the time. time. So, yes, I, I feel like I'm always nervous, but I also... You like you tap well, I've into I've been that. on this rodeo before. Yeah, you're like, okay, I know. Literally what I'm doing. and figuratively. <laughs> yes, yes. What, so, what's yeah. like the worst experience you've ever had sex-wise? The worst experience I've ever had. Oh, um, listen, I feel like size doesn't always matter. I was just having this conversation with someone. It doesn't. It does. No. Two, um, two inches. I well, this is my point. Okay. So. I feel like in, you know, the three years that I've been single, I've experienced, you know, different sizes. And so I find like for the most part, if you are confident in what you're doing and you are generous with like how you're pleasing your partner, like I don't need to sleep with like someone that has the biggest dick ever. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. There is... Too small and too big. Right. So I have I have had some like too small encounters. Yeah. Um so that goes against what you were just saying. And that well, I'm I'm talking, you know. Micro. Yep. Does where, it go in? Where it was like, whoa, I okay, this is uncharted territory for me. Um and yeah, that was that, that was gives me it. secondhand anxiety. Like you <laughs> like, couldn't possibly I'm believe. Reliving that moment and like listen, great guy. Uh, you know, it obviously didn't go past one past time. That. Yeah, that's got to be tough. That like I feel for that because that's too. something I, he could never possibly no, control. No, and, and honestly, if, if there were other reasons why you know we didn't hit it off all like past that, but I think and and he still was super confident in other ways, and so it's not like it was meaning like going down and yeah, such. Like, yeah, like so I'm like, well, oh, you have to, uh, right? Your like, head you, game has to be on another it's level. It's true. Of, so yeah. I was like still able to get off, but Great. not, but not. Um, yeah you know from the sexual intercourse part of yeah part of it so that would so micro would be the worst experience that was, of your life? but i don't even want to say worst because it was you still just, came yeah yeah so it was like okay well that was the first that was the first and that was memorable for not the most positive of reasons if okay. that makes that does that makes what was like the best experience of your life um uh it was like i couldn't you know like afterwards can't you're, catch your breath. Yeah, like can't catch your breath, but you're also like, whoa. Like, that was you just fucking like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, and yeah, now I'm starting to sweat. Um, <laughs> to be fair, it's 98 degrees outside. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like it was, it was pretty much the best sex I've ever had. And then like gets better and better. Like that's, that's what you're looking for. It's just like a really nice slow build. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, we had a great connection. We had a really fun time while we were in cool places, doing cool things. Nice. Yeah. So I would say then that's... Shared experience. Also, you know, you're out adventuring. You're doing yeah, cool like stuff. Yeah, like it was just sort of like we were in this moment of like, wow, it's kind of crazy that we're here and like we don't really know each other, but we do really know each other. And it just, it was, yeah, it was awesome. How many orgasms? In like the session, I don't know. Um, I would say like three or four. Good for him. Good job. Yeah, but we're talking, you know, like when you can just like lay around for a couple hours. But I'm not usually 
Like I, it's like I can have an orgasm, but I'm not like a usually like repeatedly. back to back. Yeah. Like that's I've just only not. had one experience with that in my entire life. I, I don't know. I have friends that are like, yeah, no, no, I can have like, you know, five orgasms. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, um, not, it's not a common thing. So I'm always surprised when I'm like, usually it's like, okay, I get off and I'm like, all right, like we can have sex in 30 minutes and I probably won't get off again. And this person, it was just sort of like every time it was just like steady, consistent. How much was that was physical and how much of that was like your perceived mental connection? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it was emotional okay. and mental. But it also like, makes a huge difference. Yeah, but he, you know, he he knew what he was doing too, so it was it's like a win win. Doesn't hurt, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, my most embarrassing. This is like I don't I don't know how I could I even tell this story. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm not like a huge dirty talk person when I'm having sex. Like I like to be in the moment. I don't like to be like narrating my fucking. Agreed. I don't need to be like oh yeah like uh, no yeah we're having sex i don't need to be like joe buck yeah telling you what's going on right um i slept with someone who uh sweetest human being on planet earth and she was like can you talk dirty to me and i was like okay I, you could do this you're a writer you have a podcast you can fucking talk dirty yeah so i was thinking about how nice this girl is and how sweet she is and i was like i was gonna go all in I love your fucking pussy is what I was going to say in my mind. Yeah. Midway through the sentence, I realized I'm not going to fucking scream. I love your fucking pussy to this really nice girl. The first time we're having sex together. So <laughs> somehow <laughs> I was like, I f- fucking love you. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. Record stopped. Everything in the room evaporated. I was oh, like, that no. is not what I meant. I was like, and that being the case, I'm going to stop right now. What we're doing, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to say, have a great evening. And I left. I've never been more embarrassed in my entire life. And I explained later on what I was going to say. Yeah. And I was like, it just didn't feel like the right thing to say. And I was like, I just caught myself. And this is like a few, like many, not many years, but like five, six years ago. Yeah. And since then, I'm just never going to narrate my sex life ever that is a good one yeah it it would make for a absolutely historical rom-com you know you could see that playing on some netflix show uh that being said it being my life everyone i've told that story to is including everyone who's listening is going to get a big kick out of it but uh it was fucking hysterical hilarious yeah the whole dirty talk thing i feel like it's it in theory, right? You're like, this is a turn on. But when you're in the moment, you're like, it's actually not really necessary. It doesn't, I mean, it, it just, it feels disingenuous to me because like, I'm, I'm much more into like verbalizing things that I want to do beforehand, like via text, like flirty texting or yeah. like whatever. But like when you're there, it's like, we're already going to do this. I don't need to tell you. Yeah. I'm going to fucking, no, that's weird. Well, yeah. And it, I, I feel like there's other... I don't you don't know. need to be like silent as a mouse. No. Like I'm going to be making noises. It, things are going to be happening. Yes, and you and you want to acknowledge the things that like feel good. Um, yeah, but in general, and it, and then it's like when you have someone that's like talk dirty to me, you're like, oh fuck. What do I? So say? now you're taken out of the moment, and now you're like, okay, so like, how am I going to like your hard cut? Like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and stress, then it's it like, stresses me out. Yeah. The sexting game. Now that I can do. We've All talked day, about this. Uh, we have discussed this, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because 
we've talked about how I'm a huge fan of receiving nudes. You are a huge fan of sending nudes, which I think is awesome, especially because like in this day and age, like trust is a huge thing and, yeah. you know, et cetera. Um, why do you like sending nudes? Um, well, I feel like if it's going again, like kind of like you said before, how you want to please your partner, like. I very much feel the same way. So if your guy likes it, he's getting yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so if you enjoy getting nudes from me, like then I get pleasure from sending you nudes. So I'm like, now I'm turned on because I know you're turned on. Got it. Um, Definitely don't want to receive a penis picture and, and can receive, right? Uh, unsolicited dick pics are not welcome. Obviously. However, um, if I ask for it, send away. Do you want it though? Um, I just, listen... Penises are just unequivocally the most ugly thing on the planet Earth. And like as a female who enjoys and derives pleasure from them, I would understand why you wouldn't share that opinion. However, cool, moing, like great. Enjoy your picture. I think it depends. (laughs) Like I would try to get creative with it, like put little hats on on the head or you would yeah, you would you would Photoshop a smiley comedy to it. Yeah. (laughs) I think if I if I'm like running errands and I'm in Target and it's easy for me to like sext when I'm going about my day, but then it's like, oh, like you're in you're in bed and you're jerking off, like oh, and here's a oh, okay, oh, like yeah, then yeah, no, I'm not interested in the dick pic when I'm you know in like in a store, yeah, in understandable pu- in public. But if I'm home and like I'm trying to get myself in the mood, I'm not opposed to it. That's fair. I'm with you on that. I I don't send dick pics. I like I feel like I learned that lesson in college, like pre iPhones. And then you quickly start hearing about all these creep fucks who do it on Instagram and DM unsolicited cocks. And it's just not, you know, there is a lot of negative connotations centered around male nudity. And I think we've thankfully got to a point where there is a ton of positivity around the naked female body, which I think is awesome, especially with things like OnlyFans and and such. But I think, why, why can't that be reciprocated? Why can't? Because penises are so ugly. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, is a vagina really that attractive to look at? Sure, to me. See, sure, but yeah. like, I also feel like when you get nudes, at least when I send them, they're, you know, full body. Like, it's not like I'm like, you know, you're getting like a... Yeah. You know what I mean? Hand up, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like... It's more like the tease, the uh, right. anticipatory, I'm going to take this laundry off when I come over later, kind of a... Yeah, just to like build, build some excitement. But I also feel like if you're doing a long distance thing, like, you got to be ready to... Phone Play. sex. Yeah, phone sex, FaceTime sex, video during messages. During uh, during the pandemic, I was talking to someone and uh, we had phone sex like pretty early in. And I was like amazed that it did the trick for me. We, it, was, it quickly went from phone to FaceTime, so it got entertaining. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever really been about that like phone sex life, but I, it was not terrible. It was enjoyable. I, like I said, with the dick pic, I feel like if I'm in the mood to get myself off. But do you watch something in addition to glancing at the penis picture or it's just all mental I'm a big mental person. I'm not a big porn person. That's a woman for you. God bless you. I mean. My brain doesn't work that well. (laughs) I feel like porn, unless it's like pretty and like there's a good storyline, like soft porn I can get down with. But yeah, no, I'm not on like, what's it called? Red tube? You porn? (laughs) Pornhub? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what those are? I, maybe, Pornhub. Maybe they're from college. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the world in porn in general is like a, a slippery slope because everything is like 
creepy. I can't even read titles anymore. I've just got to look at the thumbnail to see if it is an attractive yeah, girl. Well, anybody could put anything out there now. So I which feel is cool, like, but like also awesome. not, also yeah. not, also not cool. Like it could take me out of the moment very fast, and so I'd rather just like draw on my memory. I'm and- I'm all for people having like their kinks and stuff, but like when you're watching porn and you're trying to like get to the, your happy place, and then all of a sudden the guy like slaps the girl in the yeah. face or like starts choking her out. It's like what? Didn't expect that to happen. Like yeah, mm-hmm. right. And then you're sort of yeah, you're taken out of the moment. And you're like and that yeah. It, it, there's there's lots of things that happen in porn where I'm like ooh, I I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one coming. If you're speaking to the guy listeners right now, what's like your biggest tip or advice that you can give to a guy for chemistry building, orgasm achieving, et cetera, that you think would be something that maybe we don't all know? I mean, I think, I don't think that this is like new, but I feel like in general, if you can allow yourself to be vulnerable, whether that's in conversation or in bed. Mm hmm. Um, I think that like you take your guard down, right? Like no one wants to have sex with or a conversation with someone that's closed off guarded. And so in general, I feel like I've had the best connections with partners when they share something that like, I, I wouldn't necessarily know about them otherwise. Like I, I I think those moments of like, it builds trust too. And so that way when we're in bed, it's like, Oh, I actually wouldn't consider doing this. But I will because you're vulnerable and I'll be vulnerable with you. Too. Is that like I want to try to suck your toes? Something like that? Uh, like, I th- well, whatever your thing is. Yeah. Like, I've, you know, I've certainly had guys that have. Don't hate feet. I know we just like no, looked no, no, at each not, other and laughed. No, 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 and no like, not, yeah, the okay. fee, not the feet thing. But just like in general things that I'm like, oh, I, you know, wouldn't think about doing that. Yeah. But maybe I will. Like just expressing like, hey, these are the things that make. What makes you feel? Oh, that's the other thing. Like. What makes you feel good? Yeah, or that, like that is my like lead into sex all the time. Like I want to know two things: Do you like to get eaten out? Because to me, I want to do that before anything. I want to try to get you off yeah. before we even have sex. Yeah, because I feel like fifty, you know, well, eighty percent of my job's done, and then we're good to go. And then like getting a clear picture of like obviously, what's your favorite position is a question you get a lot. They're all great. There's yeah. not like one, but like sometimes a girl will be like, listen, I can't come from missionary or doggy or on top. These are the best positions for me. And like having those kind of informed discussions with a partner is, is super, super helpful. Yeah. And just, that again, level of vulnerability is, is helpful. And it takes something like you have to trust a person to be like, Hey, I actually don't like this or to be like, you know what I do like? And like, you might be surprised by this, but like, whatever choke me out (laughs) i just feel like say just allow yourself to be vulnerable so you can have a great experience together i appreciate that i've i've had someone ask me to choke them out before it made me feel slightly uncomfortable i mean i think that there's a nice way to do it i agree i'm just happen to be 6'1 235 pounds and I've got a good grip strength and it freaks me the fuck out. Like I don't want to be in a situation where I'm naked. The person that just asked me to choke them is passed out and I don't know what to do. It's there, just like and a there's, s- a, there's a very fine line between I'm turned on to like, 
I can't breathe. Too, this is too hard. So like you just like give a light tap. I don't, like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> and like if my future girlfriend and or wife is into it, you're going to have to teach me to be gentle because I just, it just, it's scary. But again, it puts that you in takes, a position. Yeah. That takes some vulnerability to be like, Hey, this will probably make you a little uncomfortable, but it really turns me on and I'm going to help guide you through that. Totally. And that doesn't happen from like a one night stand sure. usually or yeah. if some um, if a one night stand like put her hand around my throat and started choking me i'd be like okay w- you need to go now <laughs> yeah i i just it's very presumptuous of you to think that i want you to choke me out <laughs> i'm uncomfortable thinking about that <laughs> it's understandably so yeah um i've often had this like perhaps irrational feeling that i've seldom had the kind of chemistry and connection with a person that I've had sex with that I've also had like a strong relationship with. I'm not really sure how to like properly articulate that. And I'll I'll say it again in that I've had some really good relationships with some not great sex and I've had some really bad relationships with really great sex. Okay. What do you think is something that is like common between those kind of, you know, indifferent sort of opposite scenarios? So not a great connection, awesome sex, and great relationship, great, not great sex. Well, horrible uh, relationship, great sex. Well, I, I mean, I feel like I've lived both of those experiences, and um, I think that there has to be some fire, and so you can have a great relationship because and you're no both passion. good people, and not enough passion, mm-hmm. and so. I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially over time when you've been with someone for so long and they know you like. That was actually going to be my uh, my follow up. Sorry yeah. for interrupting you. You were married. You were with someone for a long period of time. And aside from the fact that the relationship didn't work out, my longest relationship, we're talking two to three years we never got to like the stagnant part of like a 15 year, 20 year relationship. Yeah. So my biggest concern now in my dating life is finding someone that I've got this immense chemistry with and passion with, and then other things not lasting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard because I feel like I went from that situation to another situation where, you know, the relationship wasn't super healthy, but because it wasn't, the sex was really good. Yeah. And then you hold on to that becomes your focus because you know that your relationship isn't very healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's why the sex continues to be so good. Cause it almost feels like, well, this is what we have. So we know we can do this really well. That's really interesting. Yeah. I had a very bad relationship where we had very, very good sex. And now that I think back on it, the amount of times that we had sex would be like an alarming number of times. Yeah. Like a normal relationship, you wouldn't have sex f- three times a day, every day. Right. Because we we're filling up the time doing the thing that we were good at. Right. Because you either don't want to spend time with them elsewhere, or if you're about to, like, it would just, it would fix everything. It was like the Band-Aid. Mm, so yeah. it's like, all right, we got into a fight because we always fight. But then we have really great sex when we make up. To make up. up, yeah. But like that's not healthy. Not at all. But it's, like I've also think those are, in my instance at least, that was a mid twenties relationship. I feel like those are 
fewer and far between as you get older and more like confident and comfortable in yourself. I mean, that's the goal. If you put in the work on yourself, then you won't settle for a relationship that is less than. Totally. Do you believe in soulmates? No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Multiple? Zero. Um, I just don't care for the word soulmate. I feel like there are people that come into your life at different points in time for a reason. So I, I don't know, maybe some people would say that's your soulmate. But uh, no, I, I think that you evolve, you're supposed to evolve over the course of your life. And so you're going to evolve, your partners are going to evolve. And I don't know that I have, I've never met someone and been like, you're my soulmate. We're supposed to be together. You have to whisper because that's real. Yeah, like I f- and and I had this conversation on a date recently where I'm like, "Have you ever been on a date and been like, she's the one?" I have. Really? Yeah. We, it wasn't a date, but yeah, I've been in that instance. But I think it's the thing that she w- was not the one. Is she or just life not? You know, I'm not saying that like you end up with your soulmate. I'm not saying like every book gets a happily ever after. I'm not saying you have only one soulmate. I'm just saying I've definitely met someone in my life who I was like, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I knew it in five minutes. That's not going to happen, but I I think it's certainly plausible. Yeah. I've dated some of those people too. Crashed and burned. Zero to hundred well, and a hundred to zero. I guess that's my point. So my 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 uh my philosophy on soulmates is we likely have more than one. And I say have because I I I would look at it as like one of those like great detriments in the world. If we lived in a world that was devoid of soulmates, like it just takes a little bit of the luster and a little bit of the joy out of the world that we live in. So I like to I, when I was a kid, there's one person that you love and you marry. And okay, I'm not that naive anymore. <laughs> I do think different people come into your life at different times and and you know serve different you know focuses and and points at that time in your life but i do strongly believe that there is going to be a day when you and hopefully i meet someone and we're like wow yeah this was the thing i've been waiting for yeah i i i agree with you i guess i just wouldn't use the word soulmate but i too cheesy i do yeah i do feel like i've met people where it's been like i am very grateful in this moment that the universe brought us together i've it's it's funny i've had an alarming number of experiences and few of them have like not many of them have led to like an intimate like sexual like experience Mm -hmm. but they are people who i was like yeah i'm absolutely gonna marry this person yeah i was completely wrong (laughs) right i well and it's also who you know what you know about them on a first date. Not is, even dates. I'm just saying like people, that there is an undeniable chemistry or uh, connection or chemical something that draws certain people to yes. you. Yeah. If I was smarter, I'd be able to describe it. I'm not. <laughs> but I can think of a few instances in my life where like I saw someone, I met them and I knew immediately something had to be there because yeah. it's, it's undeniable. And it, and it was reciprocated. It's not as if I was like, outside your window, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like attracts like. And so I had a yoga teacher once that said, you know, if you put 50 people in a room, right, the artist is going to find the artist. The alcoholic's going to find the alcoholic. Interesting. The 
adulterer is going to find the adulteress. And so I always think about that because I feel like we all give off a certain energy. And I think that's what's reciprocated. So some of these, when I say like dates, like I, I feel like when your energy, you're like vibing at the same vibe, you know, vibration frequency, then I feel like it becomes like a, oh. You naturally attract that person. Yeah, I'm like, That's I'm very interesting. really into this. Interesting. That is super, super interesting. Because yeah. don't get me wrong, I'd be totally down to date an artist or like a photographer or something. And I feel like that's how I'm, you know, shaking, vibrating <laughs> currently. Yeah. Um, so that's very interesting. I, I, I find that very interesting. And I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that that means right that you're supposed to oh no marry someone else that has your exact same interest but i think in general there is a draw like you draw certain people to you Mm, i like that and the hope is you're drawing people to you that you want to be in your life and so that's why i feel like in moments of despair when we're healing or when we're grieving what we attract is very different than when we are whole and when Mm. we are happy i love that I'm so glad you said that too, because I feel like very recently I've been com- become very cognitive of like other people's happiness, mm-hmm. and just like this is a tangent, but like I was noticing that I follow this girl on Instagram. She's got like five million Instagram followers, and she's been like super vocal about the fact that she's like wildly depressed, mm-hmm. and I find it very interesting because this is a person who's getting you know. Prada, Gucci, all these things delivered to her just because she's got a million followers and she puts it on and she looks glamorous and she's traveling all over the world and she's on yachts and boats. And it's like, I'm looking at this person's life like, Jesus Christ, I couldn't fucking, I would kill to be able to do something like this. I'm not tall enough, thin enough or, you know, bodacious enough, et cetera. (laughs) But it was like the, the, the human experience is mostly shared through misery right mm-hmm. like they're like being whole like i feel like i'm the best version of myself today i'll be a better version of myself tomorrow but it's it's when you start realizing like everyone's going through the same shit right everyone has the same problems that you start being able to have deeper level of connections and understandings with people and i point this instagram person out because like on paper we are irrationally driven towards other, you know, strangers validation online, right? Mm-hmm. Because 95% of our lives are lived there. But life is really what's happening in a room, like you and me having this conversation and people out walking on the street. And it's just nice when you can actually look to something and be like, oh, wow, like they're so normal. We put them on a pedestal anyway. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was my tangent for the day. <laughs> and, and it's a good tangent because I feel like social media in general is just a place where, you know, you can put on whatever show Mm -hmm. you want to put on. So I love that she's honest with how she feels. Um, But yeah, like you feeling like the best version of yourself, like the women that you're going to attract into your life are, are should match that. You would hope, right? Yeah. Like if you feel like, okay, I'm not worthy of this or I don't deserve this. Then like, what's going to come knocking at your door? Something that, this is going to make me feel worse, probably. Yeah, yeah, or someone that you feel like, I mean, this has happened before, and this happens a lot, I think, with people that are just healers, whatever that means. If you're a therapist, a yoga teacher, you attract people that look to you for like help, guidance, fixing. Mm. And so I always think it's interesting, like especially as I talk to like my yogi friends, the type of men that they'll date. And I've recently... Because are they in need of... 
I think they give off a certain vibe of like, I have done the work, I am self-reflective, I'm aware. And so I think it draws in people that want to feel that too. And so I talk about this all the time with my friends where I've found, not as of late, but before my travel experiences, I feel like I was attracting guys that weren't available emotionally. Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, what is that saying about me? Because I'm either allowing this to go on for too long and I'm not catching it before, or do I still have some work to do? Because Hmm. maybe I'm not entirely available emotionally. I feel like my emotional availability varies like daily, weekly, monthly. Like, I don't think it's like a consistent, I'm always emotionally available. I feel like, you know, you're, you're, if it was a gauge, right. And there's like a, glass bottle filled with my emotional availability like sometimes it's completely empty and sometimes it's incredibly full so yeah but i i find like you and you are very direct with what you want you know what you want and so i i would disagree i i think emotionally unavailable men uh don't want a relationship won't let people in are super guarded no matter what. I mean, I've been that person. You have, yeah. but I don't think that you are that person oh, okay, anymore. Yeah, yeah, and gotcha. so, yes, like, do I have the patience to deal with your bullshit today? <laughs> no. Yeah, sure. But in general, it's not like you're like, nope, I am <laughs> like the guard is up and you cannot enter. Got it. Yes. Like that. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. But um, no, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I think you reach certain thresholds in life and it could be going through a bad relationship a good relationship that just doesn't work out a marriage, whatever it might be. And then you eventually end up like coming to the place that you're supposed to be regardless. And like, maybe for you, that's California. And you know, maybe there's a guy that you'll meet when you're out there and happily ever after, or maybe like in six months, you'll be like, man, this fucking sucks. But it's like, there's so much greatness beyond like just being open and vulnerable and the ability to take a risk and a chance. And I I think that's pretty cool for you for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. What's your biggest fear about this move? My biggest fear um, is loneliness. Even I, in a digital age where like everyone's a FaceTime away? I guess so. But I, I feel like my current state in 10 minutes, I can be at my yoga studio. I can be with my five-year-old niece. I can be with my dad. So I feel like not having that is it makes me a little uneasy. Um, because I haven't really been alone like this. You're going to have a roommate, right? Ever. No. Oh, I thought you had mentioned you had a room available. Oh, oh, yes. So I'm staying with a friend until I find my own place. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think that's my biggest fear is like a moment of like, holy shit, I'm alone. And I mean, I'm five. So I've been living alone now for two weeks. I've been blessed to just be able to have like what I consider the best version of my life like spent it living with my family until very recently and it just like comes in waves like you know it might be like 10 p.m tonight where i'm like alone watching tv where i'm like i'm bored there's no one in my immediate proximity i can't like have that physical space shared with the person or it could be like 10 a.m on a tuesday but it just comes and goes i think it's totally natural and like then there are portions of that that are awesome yeah and I think one of the best things about it is me now being able to be a bit more mindful of how I feel in my own skin. It's been tremendous because I'm sitting here. I have access to 
video games and books and music and TV and the internet and my phone. And I could do whatever I want, but I'm choosing to be quote unquote bored or feel lonely and starting to be cognitive of why I'm feeling that way has led to some pretty great growth in a short period of time. The flip side of that is boredom's real. Yeah. It is, you know, with the access to everything. Yes. But I think boredom is so necessary to be creative. Mm, I agree. And so I, and we talked a little bit about this on the phone when we spoke, like, I think that ability to sit with yourself, you, you learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And, And I think for many of us, we don't really give ourselves the time to just sit alone and so I'm looking forward to that growth, but I think just being such a family person and a friend person and like I've got like a great community around me and just uprooting on, you It's know, something you've always wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was 18, like I wanted to go to school in California, but it was too far away from my mom. And as much as I loved the idea of living on the West Coast, like I stayed on the East Coast for so long. And I, I do think that it's an easier decision to make because she's not here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like an untapped, like there is so much there for me to like, like, oh, I want to like, what's over there? Like, I want to dip my toe in that. Or, you know, I just, there's opportunities that I I don't even know about. One of the there. One of the reasons why I never made the move was, this might be a rational thought, but I always felt like, that would be me running away from something. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing because I don't get that impression at all. I think this is something you've put a lot of thought into and and have made an extremely informed decision on. But for me, it always felt like there's something missing here, so I should go somewhere else. And meanwhile, I'm thankful that I realized that the things that were missing was just like growth in myself. Right. So you've beyond that, you know, you've done that internal growth tenfold comparative to me so i don't get that impression a lot but i have like i've always contemplated you know whenever you're in la you're like oh this place is great and then then you're like you know you get the vacation rose colored glasses on um so i think while it's such like an awesome thing like it's i know it's something i could never do yeah and i've got no strings i've got an apartment i could cut the lease and bail and well and you know you, you know you know your bandwidth and so you know like okay that maybe it's not across the country could i live a three hour drive away. Yeah. Um, but I think for me three years ago, I wanted to move and that was running away. Mm -hmm. Like sitting in the uncomfortable of being newly divorced, being in an area where I was surrounded by reminders. Yeah. Just that life as much as I wanted to run, I sat in it. And it was so uncomfortable and hard. And so I feel like if I hadn't have done all that work, there's no way that this move would feel as right. I completely agree with you. I uh, We can cut this if you want me to. Um, I just wanted to check the time so I oh. knew when it was going to happen. Yeah. Is there any part of this move generated or dictated by new exciting things in your relationships with the opposite sex? So... I don't think he's going to listen to this. Um, and if he does, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, no, I mean, when I was in California, I met someone and uh, we had like a super strong connection and sort of like a spontaneous adventure uh, that was. And was like applying for jobs and relocating in the works prior to. 
it was something I had always talked about doing, but never had done. Gotcha. I mean, Colorado was like the forefront of my mind last year. Yes. So I, rem- I remember that. Yeah. Like, Especially like during COVID. I remember. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just teach remotely from there. And so I went about getting my teaching certification in oh, Colorado, okay. gotcha. which is usually reciprocated because okay. Jersey is what it is. Um, so Colorado is sort of like, okay, this is where I'm going. And then every time I'm in California, like I just feel like I, I belong there for a little bit of time. And I hadn't spent a lot of time in Northern California. This was the most time I had spent between San Francisco and Tahoe. And so, I, you know, my girlfriend was always like, you have to move here. Like just quit your job, stay with me, find a job when you're out here. So we had talked a little bit about it. And then, yeah, I went on an awesome date that, you know, turned into eight days um, of, you know, like travel uh and spending a lot of time together and so it was a catalyst okay i think for like okay go home and do something about it in fact on our first date which i would highly recommend to any guy because this was a good move whether he and i don't know how many times he's done this on a first date <laughs> um the 36 questions that lead to love oh the times wrote an article i don't know 2015 uh, three sets of 12 questions and it's all about building intimacy and being vulnerable and like example questions like uh, if you could have dinner with anyone that's living and dead who would it be that's like question one okay right easy and then it goes into like what's your favorite memory growing up what's your least favorite memory growing up um, I like that if you uh, you know do you have a hunch about how you're gonna die um, painfully <laughs> yeah but you know just like very thought-provoking questions um name three things that you and your partner seem to have in common mm-hmm. and it could be with like a friend it could be with a romantic interest sure so um one of the questions that he you know is asked is what's a dream you've always had and why haven't you done it yet and i was like move to california and he's like well why haven't you done it yet and i'm like out of fear and so I was always in the back of my mind. And so when I got home, like, of course, like, you know, the whole, like, I miss you text, wish you were here text. If you lived in California, we could date texts were happening. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, let me just. So in this instance, fear was a motivator. Yeah. I was like, rise above it. And I also didn't try that hard to get this job. Mm -hmm. Um, You applied. I applied, but it was sort of like the conversations were really easy just because I feel like this is just what's meant to be. Um, and so it was funny when it was like, so do you think this person's your soulmate? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't like the word soulmate. I think he, um, whether it's already like expired, I don't know what will happen when we get out there. He served a role and that role. Yeah. He was a catalyst. There's a book called broken open where they talk about shaman lovers. And so they don't necessarily have to be permanent relationships, but they are people that are there to teach you something or to Ooh. show you something. That that gives me good luck Chuck vibes because I've very often been told that I'm good luck Chuck and it's not the best. What does that mean? You never saw the movie Good Luck Chuck? I'm not well enough to know what that reference means. Dane Cook, you know, he was a hot star for like five minutes. He made like 10 movies in like 10 days. One of them was Good Luck Chuck and the premise of the movie was every time he slept with a woman the uh, next guy she met was his was their soulmate got it 99% maybe 100% of the women that i've slept with uh are currently married and or gotcha <laughs> with so else. you could have been their shaman lover shaman lover yeah i mean i, I would never classify I, i'd much rather call myself chuck than uh shaman, shaman lover, lover but yeah 
I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I think that was his purpose was just sort of like to shed light on, okay, well, first of all, why aren't you doing something that you've always wanted to do? And then having such an awesome connection with someone. But it was so funny because, you know, it's sort of like, move to California, we could date. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and now he's like, no um. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I've made it very clear that like, this is happening. This not is because happening. of you. Yeah. Right. If, if you happen to be along for some of this ride, cool. Um, but you know, California is a pretty big state. Yeah. A little bit. It's so, a little on fire right now, but still pretty just, good. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but I, Prior, prior to uh, the podcast, we uh, so I flew out to California about a m- month or so ago and drove back east. Uh, I have like pending, 51 pending matches from my drive across the country that I can't match with because I no longer have like the geo location for, for Bumble. And I, I quickly realized that I'm like a South Dakota 9 and a New Jersey <laughs> like 6.5, but you said a similar funny instance where you're like, I'm going to be a hot bitch in California. So even if it doesn't work out with this guy, you're still good. Yeah. I mean, I said it like a little less cocky than that, but uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm exuding the yeah, cockiness yeah. for you. But I, you know, I just, I, I feel like it's a whole, again, untapped dating pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the different, the, well, the, the difference in even the dating profiles themselves, which I'm sure you saw as you were swiping, just like how different people are mm-hmm. in different areas nicer. of the country. And it's just like, oh, like everyone surfs, you know, like if you match with someone out east that surfs, you're like, you know, you're drooling. my person. You're yeah. like, oh, my God, how sexy are you? And it's like over there, it's like everyone surfs. Um, I don't think surfers are sexy, but that's a me thing. Uh, why? I don't know. You're giving off surfer vibes today. It's not. <laughs> why? Because my hair is frizzy. Yeah. Um, oh, I think surfers are so sexy. Yeah, it's a girl thing for sure. I don't know. I feel like it's... Do you, do you think you have a type? Mm, no. I don't think so. Physically, no. Yeah. Because I feel like I've dated guys that were like my height, really tall. Well, you you are hair. very tall. Yeah, but like never a lot shorter than me, but... <laughs> you I can't you date know, like, like a 5'4 guy? Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, like my ex was like, had red hair. Like it just... Ginger, I, nice. Yeah, I feel like... I don't necessarily have a type. Um, I usually go for like funny, outgoing mm-hmm. guys, but you know, then I'm always surprised by like the introvert that like catches my attention. Interesting. Um, yeah, I found I have no type. I'm, I mean, I've dated every ethnicity, every hair color. I, I, you know, I'm much more attracted to something beyond like skin color, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I always find it funny when, like, a girl, like, will always say, oh, tall, dark, and handsome. And I'm like, bitch, I am those things. Where are you? <laughs> I love a tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, all right, that's fair. Um, I think the most vulnerable that I'm going to be able to get on the podcast today is that you spend a lot of your life dating. I've not been married. You were. So, you, I've spent a lot of time in and out of relationships. And in the last year out obviously because of covid you get to a certain point where you start to ask the question like i'm looking around the room is it me yeah is it something wrong with me and i'm very thankful that in like the last let's call it a year i've done a lot of work to be incredibly confident and happy in my own skin what is like the one thing that you look at now as making a cataclysmic well not cataclysmic but like 
gigantic life alteration that you're like trepidatious about? I mean, I think I'm, I don't That was like a very fancy way to ask that question. Um, like something that I'm, I'm apprehensive about in yourself, like in like dating and love. And I mean, I wonder if I'm going to find my person. Um, I think that the work I've done on myself is amazing, but I feel like, uh, my standards are very high as they should be. And so I am not going to settle for a, a less than anything. And so sometimes I'm like, well, shit, that could mean that I'm just alone for a lot longer. Hmm. Um, and so I have moments of like, well, maybe I shouldn't be so picky, hmm. but I wouldn't even say that I'm picky. I think that that's my whole thing is like, okay, so now I'm 35 next month. Well, cause I get that question a lot. What? Why are you so picky? Yeah. I, I'm like, why wouldn't I be? I was just going to say, like, I've, I feel like this is the time where you should be. So like, why would I settle? Yeah. And I, when I say picky, like I'm open to dating a guy that has kids. Sure. I'm, I, I'm open. Not. You are not open to dating a woman with kids. I don't know if I want kids anymore. Okay. And uh, that has been like a new switch for me. So like the the concept of, I have dated someone with kids before. And I'm not saying that was too definitive of me. I, I, I would be very skeptical of dating a person with kids because there is, there is a level to that relationship that goes beyond casually dating someone without kids. It's no longer like I'm dating them in the hopes of developing a partnership. It's, I'm dating them in the hopes of we're going to go have a family. Right. And now that is a question mark on my future. So go on. Okay. So I I guess my point of that was I am not close minded to things like that. Cause I know my age and I know that the chances of me dating someone that's been divorced are high or, Mm -hmm. you know, has kids are high, especially, you know, once you get up into your forties, so in that sense, I'm not picky, mm-hmm. but I am going to be picky and like, you know, are you a family person sure. or, um, are I, I you respectful? That. So like in those ways, I don't think there's anything wrong with being picky. Yeah. I'm, I'm picky in that my type is irrationally out of my league and that's okay because I've dated girls who are irrationally out of my league. I'm a good dude. I have a good heart. I'm hysterical. I'm tremendous in bed. There's no reason why I can't date XYZ supermodel. I, I just got to meet these people. Yeah. So like when, when you get this a lot from people who are like, oh, why are you still single? Well, maybe you're too picky. Well, maybe you're an asshole. Yeah. Or maybe you fucking settled and you should mind your own business. Right. Because that's my favorite piece of advice from people that are married. Uh, maybe not the happiest where it's like, well, you really should, you know, I don't know if they're 5'10". And it's like, listen, I am not going to start to question like my future partner and like who they are. No, because I'm single and lonely. Like, no, fuck you. There's a, there's a line in one of the new John Mayer songs and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, I fucking love John Mayer. Uh, it's his concert in February. I'm probably going to go. Yeah. I might fly back for it. You should. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a, it's something to the extent of like, couples are like looking down on people for being single and like whatever it's it's he's says it much more eloquently than what i'm trying to say but the point is it's like no one has the right answers like oh the lucky in love have like can conditioned us to feel like we're unlucky in love or whatever it's it's something really good and i'm gonna copy and paste it in the notes because it sounds better but the point ultimately being that 
who are you to judge me? Mm-hmm. Every, there is a ass for every toilet seat. There is a whatever the <laughs> saying expression is. Yeah. And like, I'm going to find my toilet seat or I'm going to find my, you know, fucking Pam from the office, whatever it might be. Like, I, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to settle until I've met the person that sets my soul on fire. What would be the point? Yep, I agree. I'm not that lonely. And I would rather be alone than what be, would be the point of alone sp- in a relationship. Yeah. Like, that's even worse. Filling your time up with a, someone who doesn't fit your needs on like emotional, physical, chemistry. Sexual. Sexual. There's a, a list of a thousand things. What would be the point of that? Yeah. And I, I've I've very thankfully got to the point where like if I go out with someone now and it's like not there, whether it's like chemistry or common interest or whatever it might be, that's I don't need to go out again. Yeah. I, well, I can we, know. We within, talked about this yeah. too on the last one, like sort of like where your limit is. And so for me, it's two dates and I won't go past two, two dates. dates. If I'm not feeling you, then I'm not. Do you always kiss on the first date? No. Not always. Do you, do you usually? I, I mean, if I'm like kind of interested in the person then i will this might be illogical i've often felt like if i don't kiss the person on the first date it didn't go well no i disagree i dated a guy for two months and we didn't kiss on the first date and i ended up like really liking him interesting um however i don't know if, if there's enough chemistry after two hours like there should be a kiss that's what yeah so a few years ago i went out with a girl we had a great time. I went to kiss her. She was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not kissing you. It's the first date. And I was like, you just took everything that like, and like, maybe this is, was my like, uh, my, I don't know, my fear or whatever from that experience. It made me feel so like awkward. Mm-hmm. Like she made me feel like the thing like I was just trying to, like, like I was just going to like mouth rape her or something. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel so like, who are you to think that I would kiss you on the first date? I was like, uh, uh, are we supposed uh, to, are you guys supposed to be like, is it okay if I kiss you? I do. I do. I didn't ever do that when I was younger. I do do that now. That's respectful. And I I think it's two things. One COVID. So maybe I'm more flexible on the kissing thing because maybe someone's like, well, I don't really feel comfortable. Like maybe I would like to, but we should hold off. That's number one. Number two, I ask because. Rather than that experience happening again. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I, and I don't do it in a, oh, shucks, can I kiss you, ma'am? You know, it's not like a loser thing. It's like uh, I come at it from like an endearing funny thing. And I, and I make it approachable in that they ha- are okay with saying yes. And they would also be like, you know what? No, not really. Right. And then it's not me leaning in presumptuously to something that could be transpired as I don't want to do this. Why are you leaning in? And then, you know, it's that whole thing that transpired. But I was like blown away. I was blown away. That's why sometimes if like I want to kiss the person, like I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But like I need to give you consent to kiss me. (laughs) Should it? And so now I should ask the question too. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've, I've been asked before if a girl could kiss me before and I was like, by all means, why are you asking? You should have just done it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've never asked, but I've definitely been like, okay, this, I don't know when you're planning to make the move, but you're taking too long. There are, there are, it's a case by case basis. There are, if I walk you to your door and your key jingling and like saving time, like I know something wants to be done. Do you know what I mean? There, there are, you know, nonverbal cues that are given when someone wants to kiss you or if they're hurrying up to go 
or right. like get to their car or their train or whatever it might be. So there are instances where the question doesn't need to be asked. It's more implied. Um, but recently I've, I've a couple times been like, would you like, can I give you a good night kiss? And I think I say it much funnier than that. Yeah. And you know, more of my personality than, well, shooks. <laughs> but I mean, that's cute too. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I think uh, I think our conversation for the sex and love episode has run its course. Um, I think we pretty much talked about everything I could hope for or dream about. Um, and I would like to finish with one solid final question. Okay. When you're getting to know a guy and you're talking via text message, when do you think is the appropriate time for them to start talking about sex stuff? Do you have to have already kissed them? Would you like to be the person to bring it up? How is like your process for getting into the nitty gritty of the sexy time? Good question. I, first of all, will never send a nude or any sort of naked photo if we haven't slept together. Totally makes sense. The sexting thing, I think because for so long, like I was never like physically close to whoever it was that I was dating, it came on sooner because... What's your favorite position, the, those kind of things? Uh, not even that, but just more like, I just got out of yoga, I'm all sweaty, right? Like, that's an opener. Oh, okay. Because I know. feel like you just like don't jump into it right away. Mm-hmm. You just sort of like, I think it starts by sending other pictures, so that way you're showing some side mm-hmm. of you. And then I think that that's a segue into like, you look really pretty. Like, wish I could kiss you right now. Like, I think then you can get into like the sexting part. But um, I think you gotta you gotta ease in. That's fair. I uh, I've gotten to the point where, and I think this is like because I'm just 35 and exacerbated with dating. That I uh, I sent a meme that I I found, and I think it uh, perfectly articulates the things that I want out of like the talking stage with a person. And I'm going to read it because I just think it's so good. Um, I hate small talk. I want to talk about atoms and death, aliens, sex, magic, intellect, the meaning of life, faraway galaxies, music that makes you feel different, memories, what lies you've told, your flaws, your favorite sense, your childhood, what keeps you up at night, your insecurities and fears. I like people with depth who speak with emotion from a twisted mind. I don't want to know what's up. And I don't think anything like more appropriately describes like the type of conversations I'm interested in having because by all means if this is a first date of course I want to know what your favorite movie is and if, like I'm very interested in what your favorite flower is yeah. but I don't I want to know like what are you what's your biggest fear you're gonna love these questions oh I'm looking it's, it up the second we yeah, get off the it's line gonna, for sure. it's gonna because it's exactly that it's like no bullshit and we talked about this too like you can't force someone to have depth and so if you are not willing to go there with a person, then like I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, but I feel the same. I feel the same way over texting too. I think it's different because I also have shifted my mindset into like we don't have to text all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's recent for you. I that's very recent for me. Yeah. Probably because. But that was a learned behavior. Um, yeah, but it's also like okay, so then that means we're talking on the phone, or that means that when we do have conversation, it's meaningful versus just like what did you have for lunch today. What are you shopping for? Like, no, I'd rather not talk all day than be like, how was your day? And have like an honest conversation about it. That's totally fair. I, I, I spend such a large portion of my day on the phone 
that like, I don't want to spend two hours on the phone with someone. And I was dating someone in quotations during COVID. And we had some like epic nine, eight hour phone conversations. I felt like I was in high school. And I was like, this person is incredible. But then when we got beyond the phone conversations and into the like, per person in person experiences, they didn't match up. Like she was much more comfortable on the phone than she was in person. And my thing is like, I can send a text message off in two seconds. I can write a 31 sentence text message in five seconds. So like, I want to be in communication with the person that I'm dating constantly. It doesn't have to be like every minute of every second of every day. Yeah. But like when you're in the quote unquote talking stages, like I want to have a conversation that's not like between nine to five, like it's not easy for me to like pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that the conversations I'm interested in having now have gone beyond what your favorite color is. Yes. For sure. And sexting is part of that. Yeah. So I feel like, especially if there's distance between like I, I will, I will get down with that. I meant it more like, are you interested in learning about like what their favorite sex position is? Do they like getting head? Like those questions, like when they are, like articulated via text or is that like an in-person conversation? I think that's an in-person conversation because if somebody asked me those questions before I had met them or... Well, I don't mean before meeting them. But well, yeah. all right. So there would have to be enough chemistry in person for me to be like, oh, I do want to talk about those things with you. But if that hasn't happened yet, then I that would be a huge turnoff. Interesting. For it's me. good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm much more interested in getting to the nitty gritty. Like I don't, I don't want to <laughs> what, know what your feelings are on the notebook. You know, oh, I love that movie. I know, but like, I don't really care. Yeah, I'd rather know your sex, favorite sex position. Exactly. Okay. What makes you come? Got it. Well, I'm a guy, everything. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, still, I feel like vice, vice versa. Like I like to learn new things. Yeah, over text, I totally. Think. I think, uh, I think you're just such an incredible human being. Don't fucking my, start this is crying. My, this is my favorite part of the podcast. Why? Because I fluff you, your ego? Yes. Fluff away. You're awesome. Uh, I wish you the best on your move. Thank we'll you. do this again in like six months. Yes. We'll do like a recap. We were supposed to put longer distance in between the two episodes, but you're moving. So yeah. we took the opportunity to say our fond farewell. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I love you. I wish you all the success in the too. world. Enjoy Thanks. your new long-term short-term west who, coast living who knows next journey I'm excited for it and uh thank you so much for coming on again thanks for having me you're welcome